2: I get out of hand, just, just tell me I'm a jerk and shut up. Let's go scatter the West Lake Titans. That's left. 372 Y sticks.
0: The Matt Wyatt Show. He's Radio Wyatt. Well, how am I going
2: to go to college? I'll just play football.
4: What's up? Hour 2. Just getting started with you here on this Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Matt. In the Farm Bureau studio, Farm Bureau, go with the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau Insurance. Across the great state of Mississippi, your hometown heroes, that local Farm Bureau insurance agent in your local county. All 82 counties across the state. Somebody you can deal with one-on-one, face-to-face, person-to-person, the way it ought to be. Also here on the show, we stay connected to you because of CSpire, the number one network in Mississippi. C customer-inspired at C Spire, another great Mississippi company. Feel free to get those comments, questions, opinions, otherwise in on the show and and be a part of the show. You can do that on Facebook and Periscope, Twitter. So if you're watching the live stream, type it in, and uh, we'll get to it that way. You can also text me on the Country Pleasing text line, Country Pleasing Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. And, of course, they have the uh, country meat packers, the uh, butcher shop and the plant where everything kind of comes from. Right there in Florence on Highway 49. I think I saw where Henry posted on Facebook earlier today that uh, they are hiring right now at Country Meat Packers in Florence. So, uh, y'all head on in there and fill out an application if you're looking for a job. The uh, text line is 885 ESPN. That's a 601 number, 885 ESPN. I got to go back a few here. We were talking about KJ Costello. Uh, Ghost Pepper said KJ Costello is a grad student who couldn't get into Stanford grad school, had to leave to continue playing. That's different than getting feelings hurt and fleeing to play for your horrible former position coach. You don't have any like vitriol in there, do you, Ghost Pepper? <laughs> it sounds like you do. Uh, Tony Joe said uh, in regards to the YouTube. Deleting comments, what happened to freedom of speech. I'll tell you this. If you're looking for, you know, by the letter of the law, freedom of speech and all that kind of stuff, I, you know, YouTube, probably not the best place to go. And they've done some questionable stuff in the past and they will in the future. It's just what they will do. And I've had times where I think, you know, do I really want, do I want to pull everything off YouTube. Just get away from it. Like, it's not like they care. It's not like anybody cares. It just would be one of these you know, personal deals for me going, okay, well, it's just, it's the principle of the thing. I'm getting off there. (laughs) I hadn't done it yet, but we'll see. I really am considering that. We'll see though. And then Micah in Texas on the country pleasing text line says, hail state from Batesville. Get me out of rebel country or should I say black bear territory? (laughs) Is that still a thing? We still doing that? Black bear territory? (laughs) They got rid of the bear, man. Ole Miss got, and rightfully so, got completely rid of that bear. Should have. They're better off with nothing than trying to get that bear going. Nobody voted for that. Let me just say it again, for the record. (laughs) Sometimes in regards to the Ole Miss stuff, Chris Brooks would would know this maybe in reverse, and he would laugh if he hears me say this, but sometimes in regards to the old Miss stuff, is my comments, people hang on to those a whole lot more than if I say anything about state. <laughs> I don't know. It seems backwards. I'm just going to say it again. <clears throat> will not be convinced otherwise. Can't be. Won't ever. Nobody will ever be able to actually present the evidence to convince me otherwise because there is no evidence. They didn't vote for the bear. All right, They shoved it through and lied about it. It's the it's the most lawyer thing ever. <laughs> we got to get rid of this old this old guy over here, Colonel Reb. We got to get rid of him. There's too many racial connotations there. We got to get rid of Colonel Reb. So we got to have a replacement. So let's have a vote, and we're going to vote for these options, A, B, C, D, and guarantee you nobody liked any of those options, but they certainly nobody voted for a bear. Yet they knew before they ever put it up for a vote, the bear was going to win. And it was a bad decision. And I've had some people over the years try to tell me, oh, well, I, they should. I, we love the bear. Liar. My kids liked it. Mm hmm. Well, if they did, they do They're the only ones. They've messed that thing up ten ways to Sunday about three times. It's a real simple solution from the get-go. Just always know this. Here's the lesson for all of us in any level of anything in regards to mascots. What is the purpose of a mascot? Who are they for primarily? Kids. They are marketing tools. Who are you trying to market to? Future students. Period. End of story. The end your 65 year old uh alum alumna uh, alumni alumnus alum who's graduated got a career close to or already retired and giving you money does not care one bit who your mascot is except some hard-headed guy who's racist and that's what they went through other than that they don't care you're not making mascots for them you're making mascots for kids so they need to be Fun, fluffy, and or fuzzy. Oh, one more. Friendly. Let's just make it three things. Fun, fluffy or fuzzy, and friendly. That's it. You do those three things, you accomplish it. Period. End of story. And what did they do? They made a bear with teeth. Big old mouth. The biggest thing that you remember about that bear is his mouth and his teeth. Stupid. And now, something that is neither fun, <laughs> nor fluffy, nor friendly. Well, he uh, maybe he's friendly, but one out of three ain't enough. <laughs> we don't know what it is out there walking on the field all by himself before the game. That's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Several years ago at the Egg Bowl, I couldn't believe it. I, Because I had not been to any games in, in, since they did the Shark deal. And we're sitting up there getting ready to start the radio broadcast. This is an SEC institution. One of 14 football schools and the best conference in America with tons of pride and tradition and just and great Facilities and nice people, and you know, all Americans in the past, and championships. And I'm standing there at their place in the booth looking through the window, and I cannot believe what I'm looking at. This thing, shark, whatever, it ain't a shark. This thing is like it's a muscle suit or something and there's a man in it it's man size has his hands behind his back you know like when you handcuff someone and is in a an athletic position kind of you know bending at the hips got his knees bent and is i think the word would be sauntering backward and left and right walking to the left and then to the right and then to the left and then to the right back for 50 yards or so on the field by himself and the light started flashing and then I realized, okay, they're playing shark music, but he's by himself and he's just easing out across and he's left and then right and then left and then right. And then he got out to midfield like by himself. And then he kind of turned and started doing it in our direction. And eventually the band came out there, which is great. They have a great band, loud, lots of fun. They, One of the more underrated bands in the SEC would be the Ole Miss band. And I just stood there going, what did I just watch? I've never seen anything like that. And then you go, I would like to have been in the room when real, living, breathing humans who earn a paycheck looked at each other and said, this is a good idea. That's a good idea. (laughs) What? How did you come to that conclusion? All right. Rant over. 10 minutes of it. Adam is hanging on the... uh... No, he's not. (laughs) Hey, Beaver, man, as soon as I said his name, the dude hung up, didn't he?
1: Yeah, can't blame him.
4: I know, I left him hanging there too long. Sorry, Adam. My bad, buddy. Just call me back. My dad commented on twitter he says well that shark is scary too <laughs> big teeth uh he says but i've never i've just never seen anything like a human person in a skin tight shark suit yeah i had neither. i had neither. tony said the meeting lasted too long okay adam's back adam hit me up man sorry about that what's up uh,
0: sorry man i'll get you next time i see you hey I got a question <laughs> for you man and this may not you know we've lost a few players hell you know that question
4: for you have you heard anything about Colin, Colin Hill going to Oregon possibly Kylen Hill going to Oregon um no have I you ha- heard that? I have not heard that no Mm-mm. so you've heard okay. that, that yeah,
0: I heard mean, that yeah And honestly the person I heard it from probably don't know bit no more they're talking about than a man on the moon but hey the maybe way we'll,
4: things have been going away I would be
0: surprised
4: yeah um I'd be very surprised not happening Adam
3: I got a question for you. Right. I know that he left a few. I know Coach Hoyt left
0: a few spots open for possibly receivers coming in, mm-hmm. or uh, signing some people. You think, or have you heard anything on that? Or, or are we expecting anybody? Or
4: what? There right now, my understanding is there's no expectation, but there's always a late possibility or two. I just think that what happened, Adam, is if you hadn't had a three month quarantine. Uh, things would have moved along quicker, you would have heard. As soon as things open up, you're going to start hearing more of that kind of stuff.
0: Matt, can we run his uh, offense with the receivers
1: that we have now, efficiently?
4: Yeah. Yes, receiver is not a – receiver at state is not some big uh, liability like people have tried to make you believe.
3: we never had
0: any of that matter in the NFL, Danny. he? Anybody ever been drafted for that, matter
4: what's that now say that again i said we've never had anybody that's ever
0: mattered to anything as a receiver except for chad bunkus and the and
4: well but see adam well i'm just going to put your um uh, i'm, I'm going to put you at ease one is that doesn't matter uh to the context of what we're talking about here you know so but number two it's it's bump fist. <laughs> Number three, um, they did have Eric Moles. Eric was a first rounder back in '96. I know that was a long time ago, but none of the none of the in regards to whether this group of receivers can run the Mike Leach offense, anything that has or hasn't happened in the past just has no bearing on it whatsoever. So I wouldn't worry about it. We'll all find out for the first time though the answer to the question come September. Have a great day, man. Yeah, you too, Adam. Appreciate you, bud. Call anytime. Old Adam. I don't hear from Adam enough. On the Divinity Equipment phone line. Divinity Equipment, Madison, and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer. Uh, Walton says, speaking of sauntering, these are making the afternoon a little saunter. What is that, ribs? Did you send me a picture of ribs, Walton? Come on with it. Slippery Wind wet says, if we're criticizing mascot choices, then we cannot forget the Houston Astros. I haven't seen their mascot. I couldn't tell you. I, I wouldn't know it if it punched me. The Houston Astros mascot. Uh, PRG says, uh, that stupid land shark looks like a lizard with a can opener on its head, and I'm an Ole Miss fan. I mean, that's it, PRG. I mean, like, what we're saying is that objectively, they just have made a bunch of bad decisions. Like, the priorities have never been where they should be, and that is fun, fun. Fuzzy and or fluffy and friendly. Chris on the divini Equipment phone. What's up, Chris?
0: I'd like to um, debate you on one thing. I'm a state fan, and uh, I think that the Land Shark is fun. Maybe not for Ole Miss fans, but it's fun for all of us other people <laughs> just to make fun of them about how stupid it is.
4: Yeah, well, I see where you're coming from there for sure.
0: And I think that they missed a big, big marketing thing there because – I mean, with the beer coming in the stadiums and stuff like that, they should have went with the shark that looked this on the Land Shark beer. Yeah, and they could have they could have took it that away. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah,
4: it is. And yeah, I wanted
0: yeah. to say that I, I called Chris and I agree completely with you, and I brought this up on him. I mean, you know, when it comes to the state transfer, Jorian Jones, the way I look at it is the same way as you look at it. If they don't want to play for us, then. I
4: don't care where you go. Yeah, and and, and I'm my, not it. My take, I take my take on it even a little farther, Chris. And and really, like I'll, I can say this 100 percent confident. It's genuine. I'll step away from my maroon shoes for just a minute. And look, if a kid doesn't want to play at Mississippi State and he wants to play at Ole Miss, look, this is the fact. Ole Miss has uh, great support, great facilities. They're one of fourteen schools. They get great exposure. They got history. They got good coaches. There's every opportunity there for if, it, if that's where he wants to play. And I'm not even like you know, on the rivalry thing. Sure, like if I'm on the team, Chris, yeah, okay. You know, if you want to, if you don't want to be here, you go. And if you play us, I'm going to extra extra beat you. That'd be my approach if I'm on the team. But as an old guy now looking at it, I'm just saying, look, if Jari and Jones, I don't really know him just knew of him as a player, and I'm sure he's a great kid. And if the the NCAA is telling him, you got five years of eligibility, that's it, period, end of story. Well, if in that time he makes a decision for himself that he wants to play at Ole Miss and that's where he wants to be, good for him. Go to Ole Miss. He ought to be able to go. Go up there and play. And I'm not going to hold him against him one bit. I probably would if I'm on the team, but I'm not. I don't hold it against him one bit, one iota. If that's where you want to be, because when you get to be my age, you know, early to mid forties, you want to be able to look back on it and say, I really am glad that I spent that five years of my life at such and such a place like I can do right now, Chris. Like, I look back on it right now, right. and I can say, I really right. am glad. Right. I am so glad that I spent my five years at Mississippi State. Well, if you need to be at a well, different that, school, then go to a different school. I'm okay with it.
0: Right. On that note, I just did, I told Brooks, I said, it would have stung more to me if he would went to Alabama than it would Ole Miss, because, I mean, I live, you know, down in Macon, which is right in the midst of all that, <laughs> all those <laughs> Mississippi people that are Alabama fans, and I hate that with a passion. <laughs> because I'm, a, I'm a, I, I'm a diehard state fan, but I would rather you root if you live in Mississippi. I'd rather you root for Southern Miss or Old Miss than I would Alabama. Because no. it just doesn't make any sense. You have some pride about where you live, and not trying to just be a bandwagon. Because us, what I honestly think those people are, is bandwagon fans that are from Mississippi that are Alabama fans. You hear that, fever? I mean it, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> y'all have a y'all have a great day and
4: I'll see ya. See ya. Appreciate the call, Chris. Yeah, I you know, I just think there's enough fans to go around. People can choose whatever they want. <clears throat> you know, I, I'm a Chiefs fan and I'm not f- from anywhere near Kansas City. Okay. And I'll be honest, I've picked on some buddies of mine over the years who say they're a Yankees fan. I'm like, a Yankees fan in Mississippi. It's like a Yankees fan, the easiest thing to be in the world. It's like who's um Beaver? Do you remember the name? I want to get is it is it Gator Man who is the big Patriots and Tom Brady fan?
1: Gator Nation.
4: Okay, Gator Nation. I get them mixed up. Gator Nation is the big Patriots fan. I'm like, okay, is he from Boston? Do we even know?
1: Oh, he's disowned the Patriots actually. Oh, he w- turns out he was just a Tom Brady fan because now he claims he's a Buccaneers fan.
4: Oh, I wonder why he's such a big Tom Brady fan. They meet him or something.
1: That's a good question because he he swears up and down that Belichick was jealous of Brady and that he let him go and all that business. And then when he texts about the Buccaneers these days, he calls them "we."
4: No, he's already a "we" man for the Bucks.
1: Already a "we" man.
4: That's great. That's great. Well, you know, whatever. The people do their own thing. He's a Buccaneers fan. I can promise you this. He ain't going to have near as much material to brag about as a Buccaneers fan as he was as a Patriots fan. <laughs> nope. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, and look Chris, I kind of differ with you on that. You know the the you know the bandwagon thing. I I've, I've never understood why it supposedly is an insult. You know, we used to go, you you'd hear people say, oh, all those Alabama fans didn't even go to school at Alabama. Well, yeah, that's kind of the point. I mean, what's the big deal with that? I, every fan base should want and desire people coming into your fan base even though they didn't go to school there. That's what you're trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> and Alabama, because of the winning, you know, gets that. I never understood that insult. Even at Mississippi State, we go to a home game and it's sold out and they got 62,000 people in there. How many of those 62,000 you think went to school at State? Sure, a whole bunch of them. But there's a whole bunch that didn't, also. All right. Well, let's see. What did I tease? What did I tell you? Oh, I I want to ask you a question. I found something. It's a piece of news, also. But why do great players not make great coaches? I have a theory on that. Let me see if I can get to it next. Stick around. You're listening to the Matt Wyatt Show. Back on the show. I'm Matt in the Farm Bureau studio. Farm Bureau, go! With the home team. They are your home team at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance, your local agent, your hometown hero. Y'all feel free to text me. I I enjoy getting your texts on the country-pleasing text line, 885-ESPN. That's a 601 number, so text the show, 885-ESPN. Or 885 3776. Also, comments on the Facebook live stream and on Twitter and Periscope. Let's see. Um, Wes said, The reason I think great players can't be he says, great players can't be coached, or they think that. Um, I can't. I, I think, Wes, I think there's a typo in there. I can't make heads or tails of that. David, watching him pedal. What's up in pedal? And uh, AJ said on Periscope, what do you know about 47 missing cargo containers and a boat in tow from the UK? I don't know a thing about it, AJ. Hey, but if there's country pleasing sauces in there, call me and I'll come help you unload it. <laughs> How about that? Mad mail person on the country-pleasing text line says, Sounds like it's all roses at stake. Then he's got laughing emojis. Mail person is the Ole Miss fan who did not know what this song was and couldn't name it last week. Didn't know. It Y'all, it is the fight song. Challenged him on the radio, said, tell me the name of this song, and he didn't know. But some other people did know it. They got it right. <laughs> Thanks for the text, mail person. Thanks for what you do. Uh, Nickelback with a sarcastic... Text says, how are we going to replace those 12 tackles Jones had last year? Bob is accusing Caller Adam of being an undercover Ole Miss fan. That was uh, what Bob texted us. Rhett says that Yankees fans in the 80s are different than the 2000s. The Yankees never went to the postseason. I know a guy who went to one Yankees game in New York and decided he was a Yankees fan. Uh, You don't have to have – your reasons for becoming a fan of any team or any school – do not have to satisfy me. You can do whatever you want to do in becoming a fan. That's what I say. Just buy a ticket support and yell and scream. Have a good time. Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony says, you're from Alabama. Did you see as many state or Ole Miss fans in Alabama as there are Bama and Auburn fans in Mississippi? You know the answer to that, Anthony. It is a resounding no. No, this is a fact. You want to hear a fact? I'm going to give you a fact. Now, it's different now in 2020 than it was in 2000. It's much different now in 2020 than it was in 1995, 25 years ago. 25 years ago. 25 years ago, without wall-to-wall exposure, coverage, its own TV channel, the internet, all this kind of stuff, I promise you, I am not exaggerating, there were people, fans of Alabama and Auburn in the state of Alabama who in 95 knew as much about New Mexico and New Mexico State as they did Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Matt, that's not possible. You're exaggerating. No, I'm not. I used to go home all the time. Like I went to college in 95, you know, as a freshman at state. And I would come home a lot of weekends, you know, and we'd go to church on Sunday. First Baptist Church, downtown Prattville, Alabama. And I'd have people, look, I'm not talking about even my freshman year. I'm talking about I'm already playing. I've been there two, three years. I'd come home and I literally had people at times that look at me and go, now, Mississippi State, where that's in Oxford, right? Yeah. Literally heard it. Didn't know the difference between State and Ole Miss. That's in the state of Alabama in the mid-'90s. Now, there was a lot who knew, but there were a bunch who didn't know. A lot has changed over the years, too. Exposure. You know, you beat them some. And you get their respect, but you got to give them, you have to give them a reason to know you. All right. Um, here's a, here's the reason I asked that question earlier. Why is it that great players oftentimes don't make great coaches? I just saw this story today. Mike Singletary Hall of Famer. He's 61 years old. He just resigned as a high school head coach in Texas, after leading Trinity Christian Addison, I'm assuming a private school, to a 1-21 and record over two seasons. Now it's only two years, and who knows if they got any players at all. Private school, Trinity Christian, Trojans went 0-11 last year. They were 1-10 the year before that. He was the head coach of the Memphis, Alli- uh, Memphis Express of the Alliance of American Football. The Express went 2-6 and six in the one season. And, of course, we know he was the 49ers head coach for two and a half years. Uh, from 08 to 2010, they went 18-22. and 22. So Singletary is... Um, You know, just an example of a great football player just, it hadn't worked as a coach. Now, are there other examples? Great player, bad coach. Yeah. The ones who've tried it, many of them don't even get into it, honestly. Um, But yeah, lots of examples. These great players, and they gave coaching a try, and it just didn't work. This didn't, it was like, eh, just. <laughs> Number one, Wayne Gretzky. Greatness, the great one. He was the head coach of the Phoenix Coyotes. Lost more than he won, a 4.73 win percentage. Isaiah Thomas, coach. Right? Remember that? The Knicks coach, Isaiah Thomas, 55 and 108 as a coach. Art Shell, Hall of Fame, great player. And, you know, was just, what, average at best as a coach of the Raiders? I mean, there's been a lot of examples of this. You know, Ted Williams tried coaching a little bit. It was just so-so. Actually, it was worse than that. He was about 100 games below 500 as a coach. Magic Johnson. What were his numbers? Magic Johnson. He tried coaching during the '93-'94 season. At the end of the year, went five and eleven. <laughs> it didn't work. Of course, we talk about Singletary. Here's one back in the day, you old-time baseball fans. Mel Ott. He began managing the Giants in 1942. Lasted seven seasons, went 464 and 530, lost 530 games. I mean, you just, again, if I were to say to you, name them for me, the examples, great player, great coach, name them. In fact, if we start naming great coaches, I'm talking historically, You can't tell me anything about any of them's playing careers because they didn't have them. Let's go modern. Nick Saban. Uh, What? Where'd he go? Kent State? Was a backup DB? Played a little bit? Okay. I mean, not a great player by any stretch. You know, there are lots of... Just use the word great. I know it's subjective. Here's a theory on it. One. There's two main reasons. I think that great players don't become great coaches. One, very few of them get into it (laughs) or try to get into coaching because they can only see it through the eyes of the player. They're great for a lot of reasons. One is they love playing. They don't want to get into the coaching. But I think, two, the ones who do, there is... There is something about having been a great player that I think is almost impossible to communicate it to other people and to accept it in other people when they don't have it. And that may sound vague, but I just think so often, you know, a great player like Mike Singletary, there, there's a certain drive that he had from day one, and I guarantee you he just can't accept that other players didn't have it. How do you know how to get something out of somebody when you, you never had to get it out of yourself? It was just there. It was just natural. That's why I think so many great coaches are the guys who just to be on a team when they were young, they had to pay attention to every detail to every single solitary detail they had to outwork everybody They had to be smarter than everybody just to get on the team or just to get on the field and that's why i think those guys develop into better coaches singletary just the latest example of phenomenal player just isn't cutting it as a coach it shows you that they both kind of have their own special abilities we'll wrap it up next stick around let's go. All right. a uh, little time left with you here today on this Tuesday. Chance to finish things up. We're talking about great players becoming great coaches. Um what are those examples? Ed texted the show. He said Mike Ditka. Yeah. Now, forgive me, y'all. Mike Ditka. Is he a Hall of Fame player? I oh, know he's a really good player. He said great players great coaches. Well, he's in that category. Somebody says, was Cheryl a better player in college or a better coach? Yeah, he was a better coach. He was a pretty good player, but, you know, I, I probably a better coach than he was a player. Unnamed texture. We all know that all these homegrown Mississippi people that are Alabama and LSU fans are just bandwagon fans. They pick a school that's good at football and go with it. Well, but see, there are some of those, but you say all. Well, that's just not the case. In reality, when you say we we know that all these homegrown, well, not all are that way. Some are, I you know. And again, I don't know that we've ever really established what is supposed to be such a negative thing about bandwagon fans. John from Star says Steve Kerr was pretty good. Yeah, you know Kerr, a good player and and and. He's a good coach. Larry Bird. I don't under, I don't remember much about Larry Bird as the coach in terms of record and everything. They win any championships? Again, the original context, great players who become great coaches. Do great coaches in our eyes uh, have rings? Yeah, they mostly do. Miko says great players don't make great coaches because they're always focused on carrying out the plan um, on the field. He says the not so great players, they were backups, had plenty of bench time to learn the details, focus on offensive, defensive concepts. Maybe some of that's true, but I think the way I would word it is th- there's a certain okay, what's the job of a coach? Right? It's organizational and motivational. I don't, when I say motivational too, I don't mean just the speech before the game, the speech at halftime. I mean, constantly ongoing it's little things and little decisions here and little things you say there and the way you encourage and otherwise getting the most out of somebody get a coach number one job is to get the player to do more than they would do on their own right so coaches i think the great ones Sometimes they have that. They have learned the game that way. They understand it that way, because to play themselves, they had to do. They had to get more out of themselves than, than other guys did, or they had to get more out of the people around them than other guys did. I think that's a lot of it. Joe Torre, that's a good point, Anthony. So he's a good example. And Gage, I think you bring up the best example ever. Gage says, "What do you think about Steve Spurrier?" Heisman winner goes to Florida, wins national championships. Is there ever a better example of great coach, great great player, great coach than Steve Spurrier? Speaking of Florida, I saw um, where John Kitna, former NFL quarterback, who's also NFL quarterbacks coach, he was Dax coach in Dallas for a couple of years, one or two years anyway, as a QB coach. Um, his son is going to play for Dan Mullen at Florida. Probably not surprised by that, are you? Hey, speaking of Dak real quick, Troy Aikman says that... You surprised? Says that the drama surrounding Prescott's contract negotiations are overblown.
2: Now in quarantine, when there's nothing else to do, I mean, it even becomes more of a topic. I, I, I've been surprised that there's so much discussion about his contract. I mean, it's not like... He's not going to be playing for the Cowboys in 2020, Uh, whether he's franchised or he has a has a deal. uh, He's going to be here playing and eventually a deal gets done. So uh, it's not high on my list of things when I look at the league and what's happening, whether it's with the Cowboys or the other 31 teams. I'm not worried about Dak and his contract that that will take care of itself.
4: Likes him, loves him, he'll get his deal. I
2: love Dak Prescott. I love everything about him. I think he's a very unselfish player. I wouldn't say that about everybody. Um, and he he only wants to win. He truly does not care about his stats. He just wants to win. He's a great leader. His teammates love him. I saw Sean Lee the other day out here in Santa Barbara. We got to talking about Dak, and, and I said, is there something I'm missing about this guy? Because I love him. And uh, and Sean's a huge fan as well, and everybody in that locker room is. So, I would pay him. Uh, he will get paid. I'm not saying anything the Cowboys don't already know. They will pay him. He's going to make a lot of money, and I think he's going to be the quarterback for the Cowboys for a long, long time and continue to have a great career.
4: Let's keep it in Texas. College football. It gives me an opportunity to hit the button. Where's the button that gets everybody excited? Here it is. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead and get ready. Listen, you're going to have football. They are going to play NFL football this fall with fans in the stands. It's coming. It's no longer. It ain't a matter of if. And the same is true for college football. Maybe the stands aren't full, but you're going to have it. No doubt about it. You're going to have it. I think we've decided that, at least on this show, uh, going way, way back, Jimbo Fisher at Texas A&M, as it stands right now, they're planning on playing a full schedule. Right
3: now, I mean, everything is going this perspective. It's going to be a normal year. And we're going to have, you know, we're going to play the non-conference games. We're going to play the conference games. But like I said earlier in an interview, we're in unprecedented times. So I think we have to be prepared to do unprecedented things to create the best scenario from a safety aspect for our players, but also from getting this game to go on forward because of the importance of college football and because of what college football not only means to the America, which I think we need, but at the same time to the other sports and the support it does for the surrounding area of a university and the other sports that are at a university.
4: Have to prepare for all the possibilities. I think
3: what we have to know is be prepared for the unprepared. It's just like you're coaching a game. I mean, I hate to say that scenario, but you have a game plan when you go in. They come in doing something different. Somebody gets hurt. You always have alternate plans. I think the main thing, again, is is to rely on the information we have from our medical experts, rely on our government. We have a great governor and Governor Abbott and what we're trying to do there. And then rely on the information as far as the, what the kids and what's going on with the families are telling us and be safe with the kids and then we have a plan i think you know the eighth it looks like i would say around july i think you'll start to get back to the the normal summer activities and what's coming up but we have a plan for that we have a plan for middle july we
4: have a plan for middle july what, what when's that <laughs> nobody can say more words in a short period of time than that guy right there here we got a text from ghost pepper about beaver ghost pepper says I tuned in late. I haven't heard Beaver's voice. Is Beaver working today? I missed the gridiron this morning. Ask Beaver if he's there. What was on the menu yesterday at Casa de Beaver? Beaver, what'd you have on Memorial Day to eat?
1: Well, I went backwards. Yeah. Sunday had steak. That was use that's usually Memorial Day type yeah. food, is you know, steak or hamburger. Yesterday was corned beef.
4: Oh, okay. Come on with it. I'm all about some corned beef. You ever had corned beef hash? No, I haven't. I've always heard about it. I don't know that I've had it either. Well, I hope you had a nice uh, Memorial Day. Beaver talked earlier, Ghost Pepper. You just weren't listening. He did not talk a whole lot, though, because I haven't shut up for five minutes pretty much the whole time. I'll do better tomorrow, Beaver. Anthony from Tupelo says, Steve Spurrier won the Heisman and an National Championship as a coach, and that's it. I think he's the best example of great player, great coach. Is he the best example? Has to be. I mean, you know, if we're including the college stuff, great player, great coach. It's weird how you know, great players get into coaching. Very seldom does it really, really, really work. I don't know what that is. I, there's a lot of reasons for that, but so often the great players don't get into it. When they're done, if they can't play, they don't want to be around it. <laughs> you know, it's it's you know don't, don't want to go through that. I think for a lot of them anyway. So I think there's a lot of good news out there. You know, they're going to play. Mention that. What uh, what is it? I had a clip here. Tomlin, the head coach at uh, for the Steelers. He wants there to be fans in the state. There's
0: obviously the emotional element of it of, you know, what fans provide us in terms of inspiration in those moments in our game. man, they're they're so integrated into the moments, you know, you got third down and goal on the three yard line, man, in a significant moment, man, part of that moment is everybody on their feet and leaning in in the atmosphere that it creates, you know? Um, So That's going to be interesting. I don't have a sense of kind of what that's going to feel like or how that's going to change those moments.
4: It'll definitely be different. But if you look at like the Iowa State deal, 60,000 seat stadium, they're going to sell 30,000 tickets. They'll all be season tickets, spread everybody. Yeah, you put 30,000 people in there, even though they're spread out, you're still going to have noise. You're still going to have atmosphere. I do wonder about the band, though. Do they march in the stands? The band are not going to be sitting shoulder to shoulder. Do you have a band? Just a thought. All right. We'll see you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Farm Bureau Studio. See you then. See ya.